And a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live, the last Friday in May, May 29th. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Welcome. And we're happy to be here on this uh, lovely Friday, a little steamy out. Yeah, we have a little humidity today. <laughs> but I think it's supposed to get, a storm comes through tomorrow or Saturday and then it cools off. So, But that's okay. We're signs of summer already. Fine. That's right. That's we'll right. So we're happy to have you here today. Uh, joining us in just a little bit will be uh, Susan, I believe it's pronounced Muto. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, she's written a book called A Feast for Hungry Souls, Spiritual Lessons from the Church's Greatest Masters and Mystics. Mm-hmm. She'll be here. We're also going to uh, have Jim join us with the weather. Uh, And then uh, we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune, so put your Catholic thinking caps on, your Catholic musical thinking caps. Uh, Father Jim Grogan is here next hour with our Gospel Reflection for the seventh Sunday of Easter. No, it's Pentecost. It's Pentecost, Pentecost, Pentecost. Uh, And then um, Deacon Anthony Seo is going to join us by phone, our friend Deacon Anthony. We haven't seen him in a while, and Mm -hmm. he's going to just let us know what he's been up to during this time of quarantine. Great. Uh, so music, of course, and uh, all kinds of stuff. So we hope you stay with us. If you're tuned in right now live at 401 or 402 on this May 29th, we are coming to you on all of our domestic church media radio stations. We've had a little issue with our Cape May transmitter down there. So I know the engineers are down there working on it. I'm not quite sure if it's up yet. Uh, but to all of our Cape May friends, uh, we are working on it. And, of course, you can always listen on the other ways that we have provided for you that is uh, through our domestic church media streaming audio on our uh, from our homepage also our mobile app has that available to you and you can also watch today live coming on our YouTube channel youtube.com slash domestic church media and also on our Facebook page facebook.com slash domestic church media and streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org so all kinds of ways to participate in today's program. And I hope you had a nice Memorial Day weekend last week. It's almost hard to know, um, you know, what these, like you said, oh, is it the seventh Sunday of Easter? Is it Ascension? Yeah, is it Pentecost? Yeah. With For me, I gauge all of these holidays and holy days by church and, mm-hmm. and the church's liturgical calendar. Right. And not really being there in full form with the people and the choir. I get lost. And I, I was talking to another lady. She goes, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm missing all the feast days. I don't even know what's next. So mm. it's just disorienting. you know. Yeah. But yes, we're heading into Pentecost. And all the music today will reflect uh, themes of the Holy Spirit. Very good. So friends, we do invite you to join us in prayer right now, wherever you are listening or watching. And uh, we come together as brothers and sisters in the Lord to pray with and for each other for these special intentions that we have to offer up, whatever they are. You can raise them up right now. And also, as we uh, do every day, uh, reminding you that we are praying uh, for our young friend Maria, who is a suffering servant. And I haven't had any updates in the past week or two. I don't know if you've spoken with Susan. I have not, not. no. Um, But we'll keep uh, Maria in our prayers. And all all of your intentions, my friends, whatever they are, just pray. Pray for peace in the world. And, you know, tomorrow at 11.30 a.m., we're going to bring you live from Rome, Holy Father Pope Francis praying the rosary for an end to the COVID-19 pandemic. It's a worldwide rosary tomorrow morning at 11.30 a.m. live right here on all of our domestic church media platforms. You can pray along with Pope Francis and join brothers and sisters around the world. That's 5.30 in Rome, mm-hmm. so it is live, and he has called all people to come together tomorrow at that same hour 
in prayer to, to raise up the situation on that, especially on the eve of Pentecost. Still putting it in the arms of our Blessed Mother. That's right. Mm-hmm. So mark that down. We are getting information out tomorrow to remind you, but to mark that down, 1130 tomorrow morning, uh, right here on these domestic church media stations, we're going to bring you live the Holy Father's Rosary for an end to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. So let's begin, my friends, as we begin all good things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God, in the present tragic situation when the whole world is prey to suffering and anxiety. We fly to you, Mother of God and our Mother, and seek refuge under your protection. Virgin Mary, turn your merciful eyes toward us amid this coronavirus pandemic. Comfort those who are distraught and mourn their loved ones who have died and at times are buried in a way that grieves them deeply. Be close to those who are concerned for their loved ones and who are sick and who, in order to prevent the spread of the disease, cannot be close to them. Fill with hope those who are troubled in the uncertainty of the future and the consequences for the economy and employment. Mother of God and our Mother, pray for us to God, the Father of mercies, that this great suffering may end and that the hope and peace may dawn anew. Plead with your divine Son, as you did at Cana, so that the families of the sick and the families be comforted, uh, their hearts be opened to confidence and trust. Protect those doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, and volunteers who are at the front line of this emergency and are risking their lives to save others. Support their heroic efforts and grant them strength, generosity, and continued health. Be close to those who assist the sick night and day and to priests who, in their pastoral concern and fidelity to the gospel, are trying to help and support everyone. Blessed Virgin, illumine the minds of men and women engaged in scientific research that they may find effective solutions to overcome this virus. Support national leaders that with wisdom, solicitude, and generosity, they may come to the aid of those lacking the basic necessities of life and may devise social and economic solutions inspired by farsightedness and solidarity. Beloved Mother, help us to realize that we are all members of one great family and be, and to recognize and be, uh, sorry, to recognize the bond that unless Sorry, that unites us so that in a spirit of fraternity and solidarity, we can help to alleviate countless situations of poverty and need. Make us strong in faith, preventing uh, persevering in service and constant in prayer. Mary, consolation of the afflicted, embrace all your children in distress and pray that God will stretch out his all-powerful hand and free us from this terrible pandemic so that life can serenely resume its normal course. And to you, who shine on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope, do we entrust ourselves, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Amen. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael and also the Subtum Presidium prayer to our Blessed Mother, St. Michael the Archangel. Defend defend us in battle. battle. Be Be our our protection protection against the the wickedness and snares of the the devil. devil. May May God God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by by the the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Despise not, I'm sorry, do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. We pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. 
St. Pope John Paul II. Pray, Pray for, for us. us. Our Lady of Good Remedy. Pray, Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Here we are now, the last couple of days. I know a lot of people make that novena to the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. And um, That was one of the first novenas. It was the first novena. It was. Yeah, the apostles the and our Blessed Mother waiting in the upper room for the descent of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Came through like the roaring of the wind. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we've had that many days lately, so windy. Mm. Exceptionally windy. It's been an odd year. I know. <laughs> Somebody said, next my next birthday, I'm not going to celebrate it, and I'm going to stay the same age because I really lost most of 2020. Yeah, you know, you think back <laughs> as to what, uh, what we've gone through. I didn't use through. it, right? I no. didn't use it. I'm not going to gain it on my, uh, my no, birthday it's, cake. It's, it's, an odd, it's an odd thing, really, when you think about all the this strange happenings this year. It's still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know people are happy that, some of life is reopening to, yes. to something of a normal type of return, but right. certainly not a lot of it. Uh, it's just different. Yeah. Now you've go, you go out more than I do. I, I don't really go to the stores or the. Mm. I, I'm like I don't like wearing that mask, but. Uh, and I think the masks now are. They're saying you you don't have. Well, to the World them. Health Organization said today that only people who are healthcare workers and sick should Dealing be wearing them. Now. Right. right. That, right. But then other people saying that's not true. Well, it's the, I, yeah. And it's the World Health Organization who said initially that this wasn't contagious. It's just a mess. It's just I a know. mess. It's, it's just a lot of deception and deceit, confusion, uh, confusion oh. you know, misinformation. Um, and it's getting very frustrating for a lot of people. Us too. We, we, we're, we're like, I think we've, we've had it up to here. Oh, most people have. Yeah. Right. Right. But soon the churches, you'll be able to have uh, people back in the pew. And I think there's a comfort level that needs to be gained. There's people that are still very, very afraid. Again, because of so much misinformation and uh, confusing confusing, um, confusing mm-hmm. uh, reports and so much variance in the reports from one news channel to the other. So um, at first they said flatten the curve, right? Now right. We, we need to flatten the fear and, right. and we need to have that trust. But I think little by little we can uh, start opening up. I know they'll be having people in the pew at, at my parish this weekend, although maybe 25, 30% capacity. Mm. Well, we need the Holy Spirit. So why don't we take we a break do. and then mm-hmm. uh, we'll play uh, Come Holy Spirit. And yes. when we return, we'll be joined by Susan Muto, who's written the book called A Feast for Hungry Souls. And it's a lovely book on spiritual lessons from the church's greatest masters and mystics. So Susan will be joining us in just a bit. So stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Come To Me. I don't know about Come To Me. It's Friday Live. <laughs> we need I, to wake I'm up. Still, I'm, I think I'm still foggy head from the medication I had yesterday. I know. Yeah, I'm tired. That stuff, that stuff they gave you for my colonoscopy. We'll talk more about that. Exciting oh, times. Oh, please. <laughs> be right back. <laughs>
Well, welcome back, friends. Happy to have you joining us on this uh, lovely May 29th, the last Friday in May already. My goodness, where does the time go? Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Susan Muto is the executive director of the Epiphany Association, a renowned speaker, author, teacher, and dean of Epiphany Academy of Formative Spirituality. She's the author of more than 30 books, and her latest offering is called A Feast for Hungry Souls, Spiritual Lessons from the Church's Greatest Masters and Mystics, in which she features 30 of those very holy people. Doctor, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you so much, and thank you for inviting me. Well, it's a joy to have you. And the book, again, is called A Feast for Hungry Souls. And in it, you each chapter is an, another uh, spiritual lesson, as you say on the title of the book, for the, from the Church's Greatest Masters and Mystics. Maybe tell us a little about how you set it up, because it is in chronological order. You cover uh, the different eras. Uh, tell us a little bit about how this is set up and, and for whom it's written. It's written for the domestic church. This is why I am so happy to be on this program, because laity really throughout the church have told me again and again in workshops, seminars, classes, Dr. Muto, we don't know enough about the 2,000-year treasury of our tradition. Uh, they love the catechism, and they read it, and then they turn to the index at the end that lists spiritual writer after spiritual writer, but they feel that they don't have a grasp of these friends of Christ and friends of the Church. So the inspiration for the book was really to make sure that we're not the first generation in the history of the Church that does not know enough about its great tradition to pass it on, especially to uh, young people and to generations that will have to maintain some familiarity with uh, the uh, masters that have really given us, as it were, the spiritual glue to hold our life together in Christ. So I arranged the book uh, with, uh, you might say, the 30 top stars mm -hmm. of our 2,000-year treasury, 10 ancient masters, 10 medieval masters, and 10 modern masters that take us right across the span of uh, the ages that our beautiful church represents. So I do hope that when people sit at this banquet table, they'll not only be nourished with solid spiritual food, but they will be excited to pass it on. This is beautiful, Doctor, and uh, and we thank you so much for this, especially that they're all in one book, like you said, the, the top stars. I know for myself, when I might pick up a book on Thomas Merton or Teresa of Avila, and the entire book is just dedicated to their words of wisdom, you know, the, the ancient mystics, it, it's almost um, a, a little bit overwhelming. And I thought, oh boy, I'm not going to really understand this. It's going to be above my level. You know, it's going to be a little bit too much, too much academia for me. So I feel like this is going to be very approachable the way you have it broken down. Well, that was one of my aims. And thank you for picking that up. Uh, when you sit at a banquet table, you don't want to have such exotic foods that you get indigestion, right? Mm -hmm. So here we're sitting at a banquet table, but we're eating uh, the food of common, ordinary people that we just don't know enough about, and we need to put them in the context of how one insight leads to another leads to another. For instance, we start out with uh, the 
first four centuries of the undivided church with the desert tradition, and by the time we get to Thomas Merton, we realize that he has supped on the same food that nourished the church in the first four centuries. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to let the book flow from one era to the next, but with a kind of, the, the, I would call it, uh, using a familiar metaphor, the seamless garment of the truth that drew all of these masters ultimately together. Right. It, it makes it very cohesive, and you could just see it unfold throughout history, again, without reading 30 separate heavy-duty books, which is rather daunting, you know, for for our age group even and, and for well, our children. certainly, and yeah. I, I think uh, that was to be avoided uh, as I began unfolding the book. I mean, I've been working with these masters for many years in my classes, and I realized that I had to listen to the students, all of whom would often say, yes, we love, if we can handle it, dipping into the collected works of John of the Cross, but is there any way to put that in words that we can identify with? Mm -hmm. And I kept that in mind. I kept my audience in mind as I was writing, not to water down the Mm -hmm. teachings of the masters in any way, but to make them accessible. I like I like the imagery, Doctor, of the the, uh, the feast, and that uh, just kind of ma- picture yourself sitting around a table with, with family and friends and discussing, and, and through the same common thread of truth that has been, been the foundation of our church for two thousand years. Um, but but there are also, and I found a couple of years ago, I found the, the book on the Desert Fathers, and that's how you begin uh, this book. But I found a book on the sayings of the Desert Fathers, and it really intrigued me for so, so long ago to see so many basic truths that we're still obviously adhering to and believing in today and practicing and giving witness to, that this is the wonderful tradition of our church down through the ages, that it, it's it, for as different as these mystics and, and masters may have been personally, there's a common charism, of course, of the Holy Spirit, in that thread of truth. Well, that is such an important discovery that I hope all of the uh, readers of A Feast for Hungry Souls will make. And... I tried to title each chapter in a way that would almost give a directive to sincerely seeking souls and and believers. For instance, the desert chapter with which I begin the ancient masters, quiet your head and hear with your heart. Now, who of us doesn't need that? Right. I mean, our heads are like stuffed right. on the information highway, and if we don't quiet our heads, we can't hear with our heart. And yet the masters over the ages have really looked to the heart. The heart is the dwelling place of Jesus. The heart is the place where the Holy Spirit speaks to us in still, small whispers. So each chapter um, really begins with with a a directive that is scripturally based, but at the same time, uh, we really need to, to hear it today. I think uh, we are are all suffering in some way from spiritual hunger, as I say in the opening pages of the book. It's reached epidemic proportions. People sometimes feel hunger for meaning and hunger for hope, and certainly whether they know it or not, a hunger for uh, the teachings of the Church. So uh, when they come across a chapter title from one of the great masters on prayer in the early ancients, John Cashin, Rejoice always and give thanks. That's directly from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. But how amazing that John Cashin actually helps us understand unceasing prayer. 
We're talking with Dr. Susan Muto, and uh, she's written the book called A Feast for Hungry Souls. It's published by Ave Maria Press. That's AveMariaPress.com is their website. Uh, Dr. Muto, in, in the book, again, you feature 30 different masters and mystics. Do you find that people gravitate towards certain uh, of these uh, holy people that have a, a, a common charism to the individual who's reading or understanding or studying the individual? That was, again, another uh, reason for featuring the 30 Masters. It's just as we heard a moment ago. Um, I want to know more about Teresa of Avila, but I feel that I just can't pick up uh, the interior castle, or I can't just pick up the way of perfection. Fine, I understand that. Go to the chapter on Teresa of Avila. Let her speak to you very directly and simply, and then after you have let us say the appetizer, if you want to go to the gourmet food and read the full book of The Way of Perfection, that's fine. That may be something that you want to do. Someone else may not want to do it. But if we don't have a guideline to the treasury, then digging in is quite formidable. Because mm-hmm, you really don't know where to start, but I like you that. You don't know I do, where to start, right? I, and I like this. Like what attracts me again, Teresa of Avila. You brought that up because I did try the um, interior. The, you know, her interior book, castle, yeah. Interior Castle. The and, Interior Castle, and right? I just, one of the great masterpieces. And oh I just, wow! I didn't get that far. <laughs> I will confess. <laughs> I, I understand. Yeah, so. I understand perfectly, and yeah. I love the Interior Castle, and I teach it. I even have a. Uh, video series on it, but the point is um, it it needs to be accessed when you've kind of fallen in love with some of the simple truths that this great doctor of the Church teaches. And that's what I wanted to do in uh, the chapter uh, devoted uh, to Teresa of Avila. It says, again, with a directive, live in humility, detachment, and fraternal charity. Those three virtues happen to be the virtues around which she weaves her other masterpiece, The Way of Perfection. But it's uh, important that people who sit at the feast can uh, enjoy a taste of what she's teaching, and then they can come back for more. That's right. I was just thinking, you know, you're at the buffet, you're at the feast, and you're going to try a little bit of each. And when you yes. really grow, um, you know, in, in love and attracted to Benedict of Nursia or Claire of Assisi, at that point, you could say, that's the one. Now I want to get a full book on just that mystic. But this way you Correct. can s- sample them all and see who you fall in love with. Yes, and I've provided a very um, thorough bibliography if you want to go further. At the end of each chapter, there's an interactive opportunity to reflect now. Reflect now on what um, you have been um, inspired by, and then read more. So I'm really trying to open up uh, to our lay faithful particularly, because, look, um, priests have seminaries, and uh, women religious and all kinds of communities have long novitiates, but laity have very little opportunity for this kind of in-depth formation in the uh, writings of their their masters, their spiritual teachers, their spiritual guides. So I was very, very much aware, as a laywoman myself, I'm a single laywoman, I live my um, vocation 
in full ministry to the church through our Epiphany Association and our Epiphany Academy headquartered here in Pittsburgh. But I know from experience that um, I didn't grow up appreciating these spiritual teachers, and I don't want that to happen for the next generation. I mean, it's kind of sad when our young people, like, may choose for their confirmation name Tiffany, <laughs> wherever that came from. <laughs> but, hey, what about Catherine of Siena? Right, right, exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, we've been talking with Dr. Susan Muto. The book, again, friends, is called A Feast for Hungry Souls in which Dr. Muto introduces 30 ancient, medieval, and modern spiritual masters and mystics. It's published by Ave Maria Press. That's AveMariaPress.com for the book. Doctor, you mentioned the um, Epiphany Academy. Is there a website for the Academy? Uh, Yes, it's Epiphany Association. That's just one word, uh, E-P-I-P-H-A-N-Y, Association, A-S-S-O-C-I-A-T-I-O-N.org. And we have a beautiful uh, bookstore on the Epiphany Academy, along with a listing of many of the programs we do to boost our appreciation for always ongoing spiritual formation over a lifetime. Oh, this is wonderful. You know, many will take the Bible studies or uh, different discussion groups, um, but this is the next level, you know, um, that I I could really see it used in a group setting, again, for continuing formation, and they'll go to these different uh, programs, but what's next, you know, and they... I think this is perfect for when you want more and you want to deepen your spirituality. Well, I couldn't agree more with you. And this is beyond just mere information about the faith. Mm -hmm. This is a book that forms you in the faith with beautiful women and men over the centuries who literally fell in love with Jesus. Mm -hmm. A Feast for Hungry Souls, published by Ave Maria Press. That's AveMariaPress.com. We've been talking with the author, Dr. Susan Muto. Doctor, thank you so much for taking some time to be with us today. You're most welcome, and thank you for inviting me again. Stay Bye-bye with now. Bye-bye. Thank you. God bless you. And friends, you stay where you are. There's more to come on Friday Live. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close no thing can compare you're our living home your presence Lord I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of comes free and my shame is undone your presence
God gave us night and day So we could play and pray together So now let's see what's headed our way As Jim gives us the weather Alright, and that means it's time for our domestic church media I'm going to say chief meteorologist And I had a little pause there just so people can contemplate The excitement of Jim coming up I know, I thought that was dramatic pause there yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering what was going on. I, I thought your uh, program director had taken the day off or something. My program director is a little foggy-headed today because you know why, Jim? I know you had the, this procedure done a while back. I had my colonoscopy yesterday, and they inject you with that stuff that just kind of knocks you out and makes you land dizzy for the next day. Still foggy the yeah. next day, yeah. Right? Didn't you have Yeah, yeah. I think they call it the Michael Jackson I, drug. No, that's right. Um, I, for, what it, what, I forget what the name of it is. Pro, but, um, pro, yeah, they, propolo or something. Pro, pro, propolo, I think I looked it up. I'm not sure. Yeah, they gave me the same, the same stuff when they had my hip done, too. Oh, okay. Oh. It is great stuff. You get a nice, you get a nice nap. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I went to sleep, woke up with a new hip. It was right. great. <laughs> it's like a, it's a time machine. All of a sudden, you're in a different place when you wake up. Anyway, we're happy yep. to have you here and happy to have you uh, healthy and, and wealthy and, and wise. So um, how is your, your okay. qu quarantino going uh, over there? I'm healthy and wise. I'm not sure about the wealthy, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, oh, we're doing okay here at the Hoffman Ranch. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if um, you had the opportunity to go to the beach last weekend, but it wasn't that great of a Memorial Day weekend. It was right. chilly out there. Yeah. Now, did you go down to LBI? Uh, well, I I had to go down. No, I wasn't there last weekend, oh, okay. but I was there on Wednesday this week. Okay. Uh, we're, we our power was turned off, and we had to make some repairs, so they're going to oh. turn the power on again today. So oh. I was there. For but some uh, can you can, can you actually back. can you actually walk on the beach, but you can't walk on the wet sand, or is that of California? I'm thinking of. I think California, you can't go on the wet sand. Is that the deal? You, or they'll dry. Oh, really? One or the other. <laughs> yeah, there was something. So, they have the wet sand, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have something that you can't go on the wet sand, you go on the dry sand. Well, the other way around. I, I think, think it's the other way around, yeah. Really, very strange. Yeah. But but are they letting people on the beaches? They are, right? I see the signs yeah. on the freeway saying that the New Jersey beaches are open, those lighted signs. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So you can go on the beach um, up until maybe a couple of weeks ago. You had to have a, a certain pass to get on the beach um, to show that you're either a property owner or you live there. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, um but they've lifted that now. Anyone can go walk on the beach. Oh, well, that's getting better, as the Beatles say. Dry, dry or wet sand doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Wow. Good to know. Privilege. Well, how, here's here's a good transition. So, how will the sand be for us coming up now? Yes. Well, yeah. Just looking at the weekend, it looks like the weekend is going to be very, very nice. But we've got to get through a little unsettled weather before we get there. Um, so, if you look outside right now, there's partly to mostly cloudy skies around the area. There is a severe thunderstorm watch in effect, mostly in eastern Pennsylvania and some northwest counties in New Jersey. I'm talking about Hunterdon, Sussex, and Warren, so the extreme northwest part of New Jersey, and that lasts until 9 p.m. There currently is a line of thunderstorms um, in Pennsylvania, 
of looks like it's just outside of Allentown and Redding, uh, moving towards the east. So have a weather eye out at weather. Yeah, I can talk today. Have a weather eye out there. Um, be careful. These st storms could come in pretty quickly, and you want to be careful if you're out on the roads. Um, so the temperatures right now pretty nice out there. Uh, Ewing, you're at 84. Freehold, 81. Hamilton, 77. Hamilton, 84. Cape May down at the shore, 77. Beach Haven, 77. And Seaside Heights, 83 degrees. Nice. So the um, the weather this weekend. So as I said, we got to get through this little round of showers and thunderstorms coming at us now. Uh, but otherwise, it's going to be mostly cloudy with a low around 68. Uh, slight chance of showers in the morning Saturday, becoming mostly sunny into the afternoon, high of 82. And then Saturday night, mostly clear, low around 56. And Sunday, it's going to be cooler on Sunday, but sunny with a high near 71. Sunday night, mostly clear, low 48. So a little chilly. Our normal lows are about 53 degrees this time of year, so a little on the low side. And then uh, on Monday, back to work, sunny with a high near 69 degrees. And we're going to start warming up um, into the 70s and then finally into the 80s later on in the upcoming week. So not too bad of a weekend. Just got to get through this you know, little round of showers, thunderstorms moving through, and then we're just going to have a, a nice weekend. Ah, perfect. Sounds perfect. lovely. Uh, and, of course, Monday is the first day of June already, so yes. summertime is here. Well, Jim, thank you so much for being with us today. As always, we appreciate all you do for us. And uh, we hope that you and Jackie and your family have a lovely time this weekend together and, and uh, stay safe. You too. Thank God you. Bless. God bless. Have a great weekend. You. Thank you. Take care. Bye. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All right, that means it's time to name that Catholic tune. <laughs> and I now, what does that imply, a Catholic tune, as opposed to Catholic hymn or melody? <laughs> well, tune is synonymous with, with melody. melody. Isn't that like a, like so, a, a, a jazz age term yeah, that came I up know. with? So we're being a little loose with our language here. But with all due respect, this is one of the most well-known, almost overused hymns. Now, it kind of depends if you're in one of those really modern churches Maybe you don't hear it as much anymore. But, you know, as a child growing up, can you take yourself back to those early, early days sitting in the pew and the organ and the choir? There are certain songs that come to you, just like you might say, oh, the summer of such and such, this was the beach song. When I go back to those early days in church, there's probably a small handful, really on one hand, those melodies, those hymn tunes that I would hear over and over and over, and you just knew what it was as soon as they started. Right. So here's this is the, one of those. So okay. So if we're gonna Cheryl's gonna give you information about today's Catholic tune, and then uh, she's gonna go over to the is it gonna be the Grand Warlicher today or the sure, uh, Mighty Warlicher? Oh, Twenty five. Okay. Um, so she'll be playing the Mighty Warlicher today with the melody. Give you a little a hint on the melody, and then if you think you know what it is, give us a call at six zero nine. Four nine three eight two five five. That's six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. That's the number to call when you think you know what it is. But first, let Cheryl give you some clues, and then sit down with the mighty Wurlitzer that we wheeled into the studio and play a little bit of the melody for you. 
Uh, but when you do know, it'll be 609-493-8255. This hymn was written in the early 1800s, and it was actually written specifically for Trinity Sunday um, in the early as I said, in the early 1800s. So we're in that beautiful, rich season of all these feasts, Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, Corpus Christi. But this one, specifically for Trinity Sunday, to reaffirm the doctrine that developed as early as 325, that uh, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are equal and eternal. And the text reflects John's vision of God enthroned in heavenly glory, surrounded by adoring angels, singing the angels' song. And that itself is, I think, the biggest clue. If you really pay attention to the priest's dialogue before we sing in response during parts of the Mass, this could have been entitled The Angel's Song. Mm, So that's a big, big clue. So as I said, very well known, very popular to the point some people say it's overused. But I'm at a church where we do use a lot of the traditional hymns. So again, if you're at one of those modern places with maybe a screen and a bouncing ball, you're not going to hear this. (laughs) Okay, shall we play a Okay, so stroll over to the Mighty Wurlitzer. Mm -hmm. Again, friends, when you think you know what the uh, hymn is, you can call us here at 609-493-8255. That's 609 493-8255. Four nine three eight two five five. You crank the volume up there so we can yeah, pick it up on the microphone. Get the microphone. Uh huh. This. Whoops. Good. Yeah. Ready. Okay. Um. Let me see where I am here. Ooh, boy, that was that. I'm going to give you just the melody. I'll All right, let's hear it. 609-493-8255. Go ahead. That may have been too much. All right. Ooh. Ooh, right okay. Right in the middle there. 609-493-8255. We have a contestant. Oh, well. Calling in already. Hi, what's your name and where are you calling from? Um, my name is Carol. I'm calling from Wall Township. Carol from Wall Township. What's your parish over there? Uh, Holy Innocence. Holy Innocence. Okay. And so you said Carol or Karen? Carol. 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 Yes. Okay, Carol. What do you think today's hymn is? Is it Holy, Holy, Holy? <laughs> holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. That's right. Very good, Carol. Good, good. Was uh, so. Are are you a, a musician in your parish, or just uh, just to whom, uh, one who likes no, to? No, I'm just a longtime parishioner of uh, of Holy Innocence, and that was this uh, hymn was uh, one of my dad's favorites. Oh. So uh, it's like it goes way back way with back. me. That's well, there was a time, as Cheryl was saying, I think you, 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 there were just a few hymns we would sing the same, same hymns every Sunday, I think, mm-hmm. when there wasn't a whole plethora. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely was. And uh, great job on the mighty Wurlitzer, too. Oh, thank <laughs> you very much, Carol. Thank you. Yeah, it breaks my back wheeling that thing in here every week. <laughs> <laughs> was there well, a... I'm glad the uh, show came back on. I am. Uh, so, uh, so, because it was off for a little while, so that we could... So you could share this with us. I know that, great. and that was my bad because I, I I didn't hit the button that I should have hit. We were we were pre-recording a few things before the show, and oh. I, I didn't turn the button back. I, oh, but, but this okay. was this 
we got you got this on. This was All right. great. Good, All right. wonderful. So I'll think of your dad then when so, I ever play that because I we continue these tried and true classic hymns at my place. And again, at the ones that we I do, we do too. Great, and we grew up it's with wonderful. Them. Yeah, great, Carol. So, Carol, let me, let me put you on hold. Don't hang up. I'm going to put you on hold, and Cheryl will get on the phone and take some information from you. Okay. Okay, great. I hope both of you have a great weekend and. And your show has been so great, especially during this lockdown. It's been great company for me while I'm working. <laughs> well, we Thank appreciate you. that, Carol. Thank you so very much. God bless you and your family. Uh, stay right there. Thank you. And, uh, friends, you stay where you are, and we'll be back with more Friday Live. Don't go away. Welcome back, friends, and congratulations again to Carol, our winner today in the name that Catholic tune, Holy, 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 was the hymn. We just played that for you. Great job. And as I said, the angel's hymn, what does the priest say as 
but right before we sing the holy holy or the sanctus mid-mass you know and uh it is as we join with the angels and saints and and their hymn of praise Mm -hmm. so it's holy 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 but i do remember singing that faith of our fathers a mighty fortress Growing up, and there were only a few hymns that we sang every mm-hmm. every Sunday. Not every come week. Holy Ghost, come Holy, Holy God, Ghost. we praise Thy name. Because yeah. there wasn't a whole uh, catalog the way there is now. Right. Well, there was, I guess, but they people had their favorites. Right. <laughs> so, right. Uh, but that's Good all right. Tried and true. I'm know, thinking about that one. I might like to have that one as my offertory now. Oh, is this your funeral? My funeral. I'm still. You know, people, we're still planning this funeral. It's. <laughs> now, what do you got? I heard you say to Carol on the phone. You're going to push me to do something. She was there yeah. when you sang at Father, um, I, I guess, Brian Rupp. Oh, Father sure, Brian yeah, was still sure, there my Sinatra gig. Yeah, when you did the Sinatra. And Father uh, Wallach, yes, mm-hmm. who is still there, if I'm not mistaken. He's still pastor over there, Allentown, sure, St. John's yeah. in Allentown. Right, so she said, well, you're going to have to do that again. I can just see, you know people just wanting to get out and it's almost going to be like a family reunion mm-hmm. you know because you're going to see people that you haven't in such a long time and be well, able to connect live face to face you know yeah so let's plan something i would like to i always enjoyed you know i, I enjoy getting out there putting the tux on and doing a few tunes mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm always up to that people have to invite me though well we'll figure something out uh-huh i can't i just don't show up my karaoke and start singing <laughs> i have to be invited <laughs> all right and uh, i have the i have the whole show set up and, and we had angela that uh, which one was it was the was it the italian festival or the dinner that she was at they were both at the same place ah. mm. remember you well you were at the uh yeah so she said i wasn't there so it must oh. have been the dinner the dinner okay. because i was there although i wasn't on stage i didn't do anything right. but i was at the italian festival right 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 but uh, so if the parish, um, I'll come. Yeah, I, I love my old my old age now. I love getting out there and still crooning a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another big hour of Friday Live coming up, friends. So you stay where you are. Don't go away. There's more to come. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, uh, our streaming video, we shut it down for about five minutes. But we come back on at five o'clock on the video. The audio stays on. So stay where you are. More to come on Friday Live. Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. 
Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. Welcome to Catholic Answers Live, the program where you participate with your questions about apologetics and evangelization. The question I was wondering about, could you talk a little bit about the authority of the Jewish leaders before Christ? I'm a convert to the church. One of the things that is biggest with this friend of mine is we should not have to confess sins to a priest. Everyone has questions. Catholics have answers. Catholic Answers Live, weeknights at 6, right here where you are family. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Hi, I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. always hear from uh, different people at non-Catholic churches that Catholics were going to hell or that they really didn't know who the Lord was. The Catholic church is not all what people say it is. I mean, it's completely different. There's so many stereotypes. It's very possible to know the Lord and it's very possible to have a relationship with God in the Catholic church. I believe I was born into the Catholic church and that's where I belong. If you've been away from the Catholic church, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Man who's free to love is free to hate. He who is free to obey is free to rebel. Virtue in this concrete order is possible only in those spheres in which it is possible to be vicious. A man can be a saint only in a church in which it is possible to be a devil. You say, well, if I were God, I would destroy evil. Well, if you did that, you would destroy human freedom. God will not destroy freedom. If we do not want any dictators on this earth, certainly we do not want any dictators in the kingdom of heaven. And those, therefore, who would blame God for allowing man freedom to go on hindering and thwarting his work are like those who, seeing blots and smudges and errors in the student's notebook, would condemn the teacher for not snatching away the book and doing the copy himself. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Would you like to find out more about parish events and devotions, prayer group and school activities in your area? Then check out the Catholic Community Bulletin Board on our website. You'll find up-to-date information about events happening throughout our listening area. Go to domesticchurchmedia.org slash catholicbulletinboard. If you have an event you'd like us to promote, you can post it there as well. Go to domesticchurchmedia.org slash 
Catholic Bulletin Board. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back, friends. Another hour of Friday Live on this May 29th. Where May did you go? 29th. I feel already. like I lost March, April, and May. Yeah, it's that's, been. That's a quarter of the year. I know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and when, when you, it just seems to be. And like I said earlier, there's all the with all the stuff that's going on. Like I'm still waiting for baseball to start. Everything's out of, out of sorts. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of. It, but you know, I said in our little, our little, our little. Um, Constant contact e-blast that I sent out to our listeners today. I said, you know, now that things are beginning to reopen, we don't have to because we never closed. Right. We've been here all the time. Really hasn't been that different for you. But you said Carol Carol was saying that. What a saving grace the station has been for her. Yeah, and not just Carol. So myself, so many people that I've been in touch with, whether it's email or I do, I do get to go to church and see a few people there. They said what has helped them through all of this is EWTN, our radio station, other similar types of, you know, platforms mm-hmm. where it's it's a break from the dramatic news right. stories. It's a, it's a lifeline. It's a connection to the mm-hmm. church in a way. Which is life, which is life and positivity, not all mm-hmm. the negative doom right. and gloom. And so. think about tomorrow. Now again, we'll mention it again. We're going to go to our, go to our gospel oh, reading. Yeah. But tomorrow, eleven thirty a.m. live, we're going to bring you live from Rome. Holy Father Pope Francis is praying the Rosary tomorrow. He's called the world together tomorrow at eleven thirty our time. It's five thirty Rome time. But we're going to bring it to you live at eleven thirty right here on these domestic church media stations and all of our uh, audio platforms. Uh, you can pray the rosary with Pope Francis. He's calling the world together to go to our Blessed Mother in this beautiful prayer uh, to end the COVID-19 pandemic. And I was reading a, a um, uh, article earlier this week that said when the Holy Father had the holy hour back in March. Remember when he went? He was in Vatican all by himself. Right in the piazza. That And they went and looked at the day and the dates of the statistics. On that day... Uh, confirmed cases of coronavirus in Italy began to decline from that moment on. Mm. So think of the power we have tomorrow with the rosary at 1130. We'll bring it to you live here on these stations. And you can pray with the world and the Holy Father leading the rosary. You can't um, deny the power of prayer. No. You you can't minimize that. Right, exactly, exactly. So Mm. anyway, we'll be doing that tomorrow morning at 1130. Right now we're going to uh, pray the gospel for Pentecost Sunday. And uh, then we'll hear from our friend, Father Jim Grogan. And this is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, 
so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Pentecost, this remarkable feast where we celebrate the presence of the Holy Spirit among us, was an ancient feast within the Jewish faith. Pentecost, from the Greek word meaning 50 or 50 days, is also known as one of the three major Jewish feasts, the Feast of Weeks, where Jewish men would travel to Jerusalem. It was the feast where they celebrated and shared with God the first fruits of the land. In our Catholic culture, we recall Pentecost as the birthday of the Church, that memorial of the descent of the Holy Spirit among the early Christians, allowing the overwhelming power of God, the Holy Spirit, to overcome divisions and confusion. To us, 2,000 years removed from that first Pentecost after Jesus' ascension, we focus on this as a feast of the Holy Spirit. When we consider the gifts of the Holy Spirit, perhaps we should be challenged to think of this celebration as the sharing, by God, of the first fruits of His majesty. The first letter of John relates to us that God is love, and the Catechism of the Catholic Church describing the Holy Spirit and that passage from John's letter reminds us that love is the first gift of God. The Catechism goes on to speak of the first fruits of our inheritance as the beloved of God being our participation as God's creations in the very life of the Trinity, calling this the first fruits of God's love for us. Pentecost, then, this celebration of the Holy Spirit, builds the foundation of our entire life as disciples upon this reality. God is love and we are loved by God. We are loved by God before we are perfect and while we are broken people. We are loved by God when we make mistakes and ask for his forgiveness. His mercy stems from Jesus' perfect love from the cross. We are loved by God so deeply that he gave his only son over to death that we might encounter salvation. We are loved by God so deeply because God made us, and God desires us to share eternal life with Him. My friends, if the first Pentecost signified the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God's love upon all those who are learning about Jesus, then this Pentecost, the birthday of the Church, signifies our sacred calling to become holy, to make the Gospel teaching shape our lives today consider the alternative. Would you want to reject the love offered by your Creator? The miracle of that first Pentecost that is recounted in the readings this weekend has all people from every nation and language understanding the preaching of the Apostles. Perhaps the individual words did not make sense, but the interior message of love transcended all language. Each person simply knew that Peter spoke from a depth of love, love of Jesus, rooted in being first loved by Jesus, and now loving one another as Jesus loved Peter. 
Our second reading this weekend from St. Paul reminds us that the people of God stand united in one body, in one spirit. The Holy Spirit, in our time, gives us the grace to be one with each other through our love and through the love of God. In each of our differences, we are one because the love of God overshadows human weakness and allows us to recognize the face of Jesus in the poor, the marginalized, the homeless youth, and the weary parent. To recognize the face of God in the frightened child and in the frightened parent. Love, the first fruit of the Holy Spirit, reflects both vulnerability and strength, allowing ourselves to be loved in our weakness and brokenness. If ever you have held a newborn child, your own or perhaps a grandchild, you know the power of vulnerability. Holding that infant changes you without any words being said. You find a strength to hold that infant so that it does not fall, and the tenderness to hold the infant so that they feel safe and loved. Only when we allow ourselves to be held and loved like that infant, to be vulnerable, will we understand that God is love, and that the love of God surpasses all earthly power. To love and be loved, as God loves us, really stands as the first grace of the Holy Spirit.
that was quick. <laughs> We're actually, back. Actually, ran out. Of the <laughs> I actually had a. I went. I saw that you had a uh, bag of Cracker Jack on the kitchen table. Remember, you know, talking about childhood and the songs that come to mind when you sat in church, and the and Cracker Jack. Nip, jacks. nap, patty, whack. Give the dog a bone. That's what you get with, with Cracker Jack. Jack. And they, did you get the prize? They yeah, but not quite like the prizes you get. That's why I brought it in. I brought the I brought the prize here in the studio. Prize inside. It's, it's usually a little. Um, it's like one a of those, sticker or something. A sticker. You got a, a whistle and a little toy car. Like a real little prize. This, this is just a sticker. Like a tattoo. But there's something there now. Again, that's with. The oh, it's a baseball. So it's a baseball sticker. Yeah, I sent one to Jack. Oh, you did. Sticker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope he's a real baseball player. Just send the, oh, you oh, got another one of these? Before? Oh, yeah. Oh. It's usually a, a sticker, and it's a baseball or some other little thing, silly hmm. thing. You know, you used, to get, you used to get better prizes, though, on Cracker like Real Jack. toys. And you'd have to snap them together, right? They'd be in little pieces. Hmm. And you would snap together a little car where you put yeah. the wheels on. Nip-nack, paddywhack, <gasps> give the dog a bone. Not a lot of other things have withstood the test of time. Well, you know, like, Cracker Jack must be old because in the old, buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. That mm-hmm. song was written in the early, early 1900s, maybe, like right. 1800s. Yeah. So. so Cracker Jack's been around for a long time. Yes, and I guess so have we. I know. <laughs> because now we officially, we have two rocking chairs. We can sit on our front porch and we watch the young families go We're by. We're like the oldsters the... in the neighborhood now. And I, hi, I wave. Hi, how are you? I wave at them. They come by. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Grandpa Smith. <laughs> yeah. Even little kids drive by on their, ride by on their bikes and say, hi. Yeah. How are you? Be nice have to the nice. old people. That's right. <laughs> Respect the elderly. Which, by the way, yesterday I have to give the update on the, my, my colonoscopy. I told the list. First of all, I say this only because... In all seriousness, you really need to get it every five. Once you turn yeah. fifty, you have to get it done because and it can wise. prevent it can prevent death, you know, yeah. and and from you know premature death anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know, they they you had to drop me off. You couldn't even come in. Nope, had right? to stay outside to the waiting room. But you go in, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you go in, and they they prep you all this other stuff. Um, you know what they do there. You know the routine. You know what what's going to happen. And I had to wear a face mask. <laughs> Just a face mask. Just a face mask. Okay. Well, just clarify. And one of those robes, one of those, you know, hospital okay. gowns. So but a face mask. I thought, do you know what you're doing here and, and my vulnerabilities and I'm wearing a face mask? I mean, why? <laughs> I'm sorry. Didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I could see the doctors and the, or the doctor and the, the nurse wearing face masks. That's their, you know, they're the healthcare workers. And they do that all the time anyway. Because they're they're working in, a, in the area back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and it's everything sanitary, you know. But I do remember like laying there and the anesthesiologist said, okay, I'm going to give you a little nap now. And I, the, the syringe, because they put that intravenous in your hand. Right. They connect their syringe to it. And, and I was laying and the way I had it, I, I saw the syringe and I saw her pushing it in. Not in my arm, but like the, yeah, the you know the, the, the liquid, liquid, and I could see it. And I, I thought at one point, okay, and you just you have no control. All of a sudden, boom! The next you're thing you know, out. you're waking up. Yeah, it's I great. Know. It's unbelievable. Great. Next thing you know, you're you're waking up. It's magical. It really is. It's almost too bad you have to wait another five years now. But I was saying to my <laughs> doctor, who I met 25 years ago in the hospital. Remember that time I had to go to the hospital for yeah, a little my thing. little stomach issue, and that's where I met this doctor Goldstein okay. 25 years ago. And I remember talking him in the talking with him in the hospital then about he's a baseball card collector. Oh. And I said to him yesterday after the procedure came in and everything's fine. He goes, "You're good for another fifty thousand miles." He said. <laughs> but he, um, I said, "How's your baseball card collecting coming?" He goes, 
He said, oh, pretty good. And then I, said, I mentioned something, because we have boxes of cards at home. Mm-hmm. Right? We've never really gone through them. And he said, oh, wait a minute. He came back and he gave me a nice, big, thick book on uh, on baseball card collecting. Like a blue book for cars? That yeah, like the, the, this this year's, you know, so you can see the value and the worth of, of cards. So like, well, get so a, we're talking about Cracker Jack. Remember getting um, bubble gum? What, what oh, sure, Joe Bazooka bubble gum. But no, where there would be baseball cards and a, and a oh, large. Oh, you would get baseball cards with the gum in there. A little yes. stick of gum in there, sure. Yeah. Do they still sell those kind of things? They sell the cards. I don't know if there's gum in there or not. Mm. Now, I remember my grandfather, God rest his soul, he would come every Sunday because he, he lived in Weehawken. We lived in, in the New Brunswick area. He literally, from his house in Weehawken, would take a bus into Manhattan, then take a bus from Manhattan to New Brunswick, and then walk, you know, he got to, to, to Easton Avenue there in Somerset, Franklin oh, Boulevard. Wow. He'd walk three or four blocks to our house, but he was always carrying a, a, a brown paper bag filled with bazooka bubble gum. <laughs> filled with bubble gum. For you and the brothers and yeah, sisters. Yeah, for me and my siblings, but I, that explains our rotting teeth, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, which you haven't been able to get to the dentist. That, how many times was that the postponed? The cleaning, yeah, the cleaning yeah. Has, been, has been postponed Random numerous times. Uh, but I, so I, I called the, the gastroenterologist to make sure this was still on, but now they're allowing, this is considered... The colonoscopy was considered a, a non-essential, like an elective, sur- yeah. like elective uh, procedure. Mm-hmm. But now they let it and let it happen. But very, very, and I walked in the waiting room, and there'd be one chair facing normally, and then three or four chairs facing the wall, and then another chair facing. So yeah. like you're selective forced, seating. Yeah, yeah, you're forced to sit apart. Mm-hmm. When that, when, when they said wear the mask, I thought, wait a minute, do you know <laughs> what you're doing here? <laughs> why am I wearing? Why am I covering my face? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, oh, though. But anyway, things. he says, I'm, I'm good. Good to go. It's good Literally. to hear. It's good to hear. Now, you're next. I know. Well, didn't one year we get each other, like, uh, you know, his and her colonoscopy gift certificates or something yeah, for he, Valentine's I Day? Get, I think you can get them. Yeah. <laughs> gift certificates for yeah. colonoscopies? Yeah, it was a real romantic Valentine's Day. Yeah. But oh, uh, we didn't go together, though. No, <clears> no, you can't because somebody has to be the designated drive. driver. Sure. But you really, you were fine. I mean, you came home and you, you didn't. You feel fine, but I would imagine that your your senses are dulled. I think they're really. still dulled today. I think. <laughs> oh, you're not quite. Because that stuff is that knocks you out. I mean, that's that's yeah. and it is. I I don't say it facetiously because again, but the poor soul passed away as a result of it. But Michael Jackson, that was his his doctor, used to inject him with this stuff so he could sleep. Oh. And you do sleep. I mean, obviously, it was a great. Yeah, you, but I, I do remember dreaming even a little bit at one point when really? I was yeah in this, this. And it wasn't that long, maybe forty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. But that's how he died. He, he got an, uh, too much of it, or and in combination with other stuff. Right. Yeah. It away. wasn't solely that drug. Yeah. But uh, it does knock you out. It does knock you out, and it mm-hmm. does make it very easy to to, <laughs> to go through the procedure. The worst part is. And not even that bad this time the night before because it's yeah. new stuff they gave and it, it didn't, it didn't yeah. uh, wasn't as intrusive as the other stuff. Well, that's good. So anyway, I'm recommending if you're 50 or older, go get your colonoscopy. If you haven't had it done, get it done. You know what, Mike? Um, not Mike. Um, Jack Williams. You know Jeanette's husband. Yes. He had colon cancer. And he had never had the and routine checks. And that's when we were down there, and I asked him. I right. said, "Didn't you? Didn't you have a?" And he said, "I nah. never had a colonoscopy." Yeah. And Johnette pushed him to uh, right, it. and then he, they found out he had colon cancer. Well, see, there you don't have a lot of signs. <clears throat> That's or right. Symptoms. Yeah, right. And you can so, have it. But he said he just was resistant to it. I don't get one of those. Yeah. But he, you know, and then sadly he, but he survived. Obviously, he's he's, right. he's doing better now. But he, it, you know, it was that as you said, the prompting of Johnette saying you got to get that done, and he had it done and found out he had cancer. So, mm-hmm. 
you should always, as a precaution, get it done. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, you know. And now I think you can, all those uh, preventative type, you know, whether it's mammography or other types of, you know, procedures or, or checks. Well, we have a responsibility. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. So we have a responsibility to take care of ourselves. Uh, amen. You know, amen. and uh, I always think of of our little babies that we can't wait to still haven't seen. I know. Except through gonna, FaceTiming. It's going to be three <laughs> months now. Oh. But you want to be around for those, you know, the, if we're watching them grow up on video, we get videos every day basically, and, and mm. you see how big they're getting. And, you know, we can't, because they're only an hour away, but still with all this stuff going on, we they're being very cautious because Tori, our daughter-in-law, is pregnant. Yeah. So she's being very cool, which I understand. We understand that. But uh, we want to be around for years to come right. to take joy to in enjoy, all their little yeah. little minor steps. I think my my father, my dad, he was 92 when he died. And my mom was 86, so she wasn't much younger than he. I mean, she was still mm-hmm. in her mid-80s. Mid they were always very healthy, so the yeah. genes must be good. See, my, I'm not on my side. They went pretty young. So you need a colonoscopy. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, my yeah. grandfather died of colorectal cancer. No. Yeah, because he's he's he also had cancer of the throat. He smoked, and he had his voice box cut out, and still smoked after that. My grandfather. Really? He talked with a whisper. Oh my! But still smoked. Still smoked. He had his voice box cut out, and still smoked after that. Horrible. When do you learn? At what point do you say? Oh, you but know he lived what? to be eighty-six. Yeah, even at that. You know, so even that, even at that, he was he was you know. Yeah. Whenever the Lord calls us home, we're happy to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I say. Mm-hmm. But and now I know yesterday you mentioned that you have your you're having a mass a vigil mass at St. Magdalene's tomorrow. I, someone else I think Mary sent me something like, while you're te- talking about that. Right. So we are slowly starting to open St. Magdalene Deposi is in Flemington. We will have Saturday evening the vigil to Pentecost is at five o'clock, and then Sunday morning we have eight a.m. and then at one thirty there's a Spanish mass. We have a pretty large Spanish community that um, come to our parish. But they're only letting a certain number of people in the church so they can have this spacious seating. And then the others are going to stay outside in the parking lot. They're going to park all the cars. And you can tune in. You can listen to the Mass. Or if you um, have a phone or an iPad or whatever device, you can watch it because we're streaming live. And then the priests and the deacons actually go out to the exits and they have a, the Knights of Columbus are there, very orderly fashion. As the cars leave, they're actually distributing communion. So the opportunity to receive communion, which we have not been able to the last two or three months, um, we just have to bear with the system. You know, liturgists are probably tearing their hair out, but these are unusual times, and it's not forever. It's going to be very temporary, maybe one more week of this sort of, what do you call it, a drive-in mass but yeah, the, what are the, um, what's the official term? Well, you know what? It's not like there's an altar outside, but you can. The, the bishop, at least the bishop of Metuchen, said you can have an outdoor mass. If your property is conducive to that, have the people bring their lawn chairs, spread way out, have mm. an outdoor altar. The, the permission has been granted, but every parish, especially in some of these little towns, they don't have a lot of parking area or or grassy area so it it's just however your parish is set up mm-hmm. um mary beaumont our liaison coordinator sent me an email uh, earlier today about the church of the epiphany in brick i guess um 
there's going to be an extended vigil for Pentecost tomorrow, mm-hmm. beginning at 5 p.m. Is that Father Brian's parish? No. No, this is uh, Father Mike Santangelo. Wow. Well, you know, the Pentecost vigil could be as— What is that extended vigil? It's a big celebration like the Easter vigil. So instead of one or two readings, there's four or five readings and the epistle and the gospel, much like an Easter vigil. So it's um, very—you know, it's a big celebration, very solemn, extended Okay, so they're at Epiphany of Our Lord in Brick— they're having it tomorrow, beginning at 5 p.m., the extended vigil for Pentecost. Wow, so, so rare. Nobody does that anymore. Really? Uh, maybe the, the some of the Latin Mass people might, you know, more hmm. more solemn celebrations that they have. But good for them. Oh, I, I would like to. And it's in, well, I don't know if you have. I have my missile from the church. But it'll if you look it up, it'll show all the extended, extended. readings and everything. Yeah, hmm. Psalms. I never heard of it. Yeah. Where have I been? Yeah, I know. It's, well, look at how old Pentecost is. True. But some of those traditions get buried. So, and there is, uh, there's no sequence before the gospel at the vigil, but there is a sequence on the day of, the day Pentecost. of Pentecost. So the Come Holy Spirit, the Veni Sancte Spiritus, mm-hmm. which sometimes they read this year. You know, again, considering the situation, the choir would normally sing it. Right. But a lot of different things can be done, but. Right. It is supposed to be sung rightfully. I remember when we were in Rome, almost 10 years ago, was around our 25th anniversary. Pentecost. We were there at Pentecost. Right. And do you remember we were with our kids, and we were going over towards St. Peter's Square, and people were all in different costumes. Yes. Remember, they all they all dressed from their native land. Culture. Yeah. And so yeah. they had all different costumes. To, to emphasize... One one voice and understanding, you know, as the uh, people mm-hmm. speaking different languages, but still understanding. So they were all dressed in different costumes and so different garb neat. from their culture. Yeah, that was neat. Oh, and there was thousands, thousands, and thousands of them. I don't St. remember Peter's red Square. balloons though. No, no red no, balloons. No shtick. No, they didn't have the shtick there at St. Peter's. No, <laughs> no. I was, well, we're going to take a, a musical interlude here, and then we're going to back our friend Anthony Seo. We haven't spoken with Deacon Anthony Seo. We haven't spoken with him in a while. So Deacon Anthony will be joining us in just a moment. So. You stay where you are, friends. There's more to come on Friday Live.
the beat of the drum. <laughs> the last beat of the drum. Hey, we want to welcome to the program a wonderful friend of ours. We haven't seen him, in a, I guess, since all this began, way back in uh, April, maybe, or March. But uh, our friend from the Diocese of Canton, Deacon, I almost said doctor, Deacon Anthony Seal. <laughs> Hi, doctor. <laughs> How are Thank you? Thank you for the promotion. I appreciate Why it. Not? You, studied hard, you studied hard in medical school to earn that, uh, that, uh, <laughs> that title. Jim and Cheryl, how are you? Oh, my goodness. We're fine. Praise be to God. And how about you and your circle of relationships, family, friends? You know what? We are doing well. Thank you so much for asking. We are, we're all doing well um, in spite of everything that's happening. But, yeah. uh, but thank you so much for asking. Okay. So maybe you did earn a doctorate. You know, we've all been locked in. I've been doing so much reading and praying that so mo- much more than I've ever done before. I, I feel like I need to get some kind of certificate here. Well, you know, there's a saying that you're never too old to learn, and I have to tell you, it's definitely true in this situation. Yes. I've become proficient in using technology like Zoom to keep in touch with members of my diaconate community and my family to lead continuous education classes. I've become more proficient in using constant contact Mm -hmm. as a means of communicating with parishioners on a regular basis. Excellent. I'm learning how to do video (laughs) editing because I'm doing short videos. As for content for our Man Up uh, South Jersey community, because it's doubtful we're going to have a conference this year. Um, so there's, it, it's really interesting because I laugh and my, my kids say to me, uh, I, I can't believe the things you're doing. And I say, I know, I know. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. So how about some, Deacon, how about some recommendations? I know with the last time you were here, when you were in the studio with us, just when all this was just beginning, uh, and since then, obviously, it's gotten, uh, you know, a, a kind of a little, not a little, a lot worse than that as far as social distancing and contact. But mm-hmm. but how are you, uh, what might be some suggestions you have for some of our more senior uh, listeners on, because I'm sure, you know, people just, they're, they're locked up, they feel, and they're afraid, too. They're afraid of all the things they read and hear about. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm really happy to see that the restrictions are being eased and we're going to, you know, we're, we're on a path at least back to getting some public masses again. And, and I guess one of the things that's become very, very evident is that everyone handles a crisis in a different way. And we all of us need to be conscious of the fact 
uh, to be open and understanding to what a person really feels. And yeah. you know, people who we don't expect to react in a certain way are reacting in ways that, again, are a little foreign to us. Mm-hmm. Unemployment, fear, all of these things have severe consequences for people. Not being able to worship in a normal way has left many of us of faith without that safety net of parish life and the Mass and the Eucharist. So it's been very, very difficult for many. One of the things I keep hearing over and over again is people are saying, you know, it's never going to be the same again. And I guess what I really have to say, the message I have to give is that faith tells me that while that may be true, it may never be the same again. I really do believe it's going to be in some ways better. Our Lord is with us, and as Lord, our Lord has left us the Holy Spirit to be with us and to guide us. And we're at Pentecost, and it's such a great, important reminder for us of this. Um, now more than ever, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. I think about the apostles in the room with the doors locked. Mm-hmm. They were fearful, mm-hmm. right? but the Holy Spirit came upon them and gave them the strength and the courage to go out and proclaim the gospel and do the things they needed to do. Um, they were so frightened, but when Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit, it changed. And as disciples, this is a great time for us to understand that we take in our Lord and we breathe out to other people the importance of Christ's life. We take in the Holy Spirit and we breathe out through our words and through our actions things that can help others. We become empowered to be missionary disciples. Um, I, I, I had students in religious education, and they would say, the Holy Spirit, so what? What does the Holy Spirit have to do with my life? And the answer is simple, because we can't serve God adequately. We can't handle these difficult times unless the Holy Spirit is in our life to assist us to become everything that we were meant to be. We need the power and strength of the Spirit. Um, And when I think about the students, I I think that it's hard to understand the importance of the Holy Spirit, because the Spirit is more difficult to relate to, right? You know, we have God the Father, and God the Father is the Creator— so we have creation, and we can touch it and see it, and that makes us understand God the Father. Jesus, the Son, is our Savior, and we have all of the great stories. We have, we have sacred scripture, which really puts life to Jesus for us. But the Holy Spirit is difficult. We hear the Spirit described as driving winds, tongues of fire, a dove. It's much less tangible. And... I think that in the fearful time that we're in, a great message that I'd like to leave, give to our listeners, is is an understanding that our life is a series of segments. Our life is a series of short journeys. You know, we're we're we're, we're moving toward a certain place. We're moving towards that life with with our Lord, but it's a series of short journeys. And when we are in a time like this. We're frightened because we want to see this big picture. Mm-hmm. We want to try to see where is this going to end. And it frightens us that we can't see the big picture. 
puts too much burden on us. So I'd like to share a story with you, if mm-hmm. I might. Sure. But I'm hoping makes that point. So I'm going to ask the listeners to kind of just just kind of close your eyes and think about this, if you would. So there's a story about um, a child who was living on a farm. And this child had a great fear of the dark, petrified. So one night when it was dark and there was no moon, his father told him to go out to the barn and feed the animals. The child turned pale. Mm. When his father saw how, how frightened he was, he stepped out into the darkness He lit a lantern. He held it up and said, how far can you see? The child responded, I can see the big oak tree that's about halfway to the barn. The father gave his child that lantern and said, that's great. Now walk to that oak tree. When the child reached the oak tree, which was the halfway point, the father called out and said, how far can you see now? The child said, I can see the barn. So the father said, good. Now walk to the barn, open the door, and tell me what you see. The child got to the barn door, opened it, and shouted back, I can see the animals. And the father said, very good. Now feed them. And the story is that like the boy, we who was given this lantern to light his way, this gentle direction to guide him. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing, interacting in our lives now. The Holy Spirit is our lantern in this very dark time. The Holy Spirit is our light. The Holy Spirit is our gentle voice that gives us the courage and the strength to move forward. So if we understand that life is a series of segments and short journeys, The Holy Spirit is that gentle voice telling us, don't be afraid. Just travel as far as you can see, because when you get there, you will be able to see further. Mm -hmm. We have only to quiet ourselves, listen, and let the voice of the Holy Spirit guide us, and we'll be able to get through each of these difficulties that are put into our life. We're going to be able to renew the face of the earth, and it's going to be different, yes, but there is going to be something that is so dramatically good in our lives Mm -hmm. if we can just hold on and look at that light and hold that light up that the Holy Spirit gives us. And that's, I guess, the message I'd like to really share today. Mm -hmm. In this special time that we're looking at with Pentecost, rely on the Holy Spirit to be that light and that gentle voice. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful story, and it's nice to have that picture because we do. We'd like to have a crystal ball. Just think of the disciples in the upper room that were so frightened. They didn't know what was out there. Okay, go out and share this news with the world. How are the people mm-hmm. going to respond to this news? What is their reaction? How am I going to deal with the? It's all the unknown, you know, but it's mm-hmm. if you just go chapter by chapter— we, we're aiming for the end result, but we don't know what those little roads are going to take us, you know, on the journey, you know, along the way. But the faith that we have has remained constant and consistent. We might not have been able to attend Mass, but we got the spiritual communion, you know, just rest in the Lord and know that it's going to come back for us. Um, but it, it is, it's the fear of the unknown that I, I think gets the, our anxiety up a little bit. 
I, I, I believe that's true. And, I, and you said that very well. You are right on target, Charles, right on target. And, you know, too, Deacon, as you were uh, speaking there, I was thinking about, you know, nobody really knows what – I don't really like the term a new normal. I like the term just normal and whatever that normal will be. But mm-hmm. but we we still will have the the consistency of our faith. That's not changed. Mm-hmm. That's always True. the same, ever ancient, ever new. There's there's no change in that. There's no change in the person of Jesus Christ or the Father or the Holy Spirit. Everything there is remaining the same. It's just a matter of how we are, you know, dealing with the the, the, the situation. But I, I do think, as you were speaking also, that, you know, especially this weekend, this this journey that we're on in this world is, has always been, and this kind of this kind of emphasizes this, is that as a matter of trust, just trust in the Lord. The Lord never takes us, and you know, I always think of our apostolate. You know, if if the Lord had showed shown me uh, 25, 20 years ago all the difficulties I would have had, we would have had to go through in order to get to where we are today, I might have said, I don't know if I can handle that. Mm-hmm. But He takes us, like you say, with the, the the father and the boy with the lantern, just enough at a time to get us to the next step. And and, and you know, you're right, and I think that. That concept is a concept for everything we do in life, whether it's whether it's work, whether it's fat, whatever it might be. We just have to look at it in small pieces, in small segments. Trust in the Lord that will will, will be led to to the next waypoint uh, in our journey. Will be led to the next uh, place that we can uh, receive comfort and rest in our journey, and then be strengthened to be able to move on to the next leg. Amen. Now, how, how are things down in your, in the diet? You were from the Diocese of Camden. Uh, mm-hmm. Where are you now as far as things opening back up or public masses? Any word on that? I know up in yes, touch. We're, we're, we're very close. We've, we've received, you know, lots of information. It, it, uh, our, our bishop's office has been phenomenal, mm-hmm. just providing information to, to everyone over the past weeks. Um, we've, uh, we've submitted our plans uh, to bishop, most parishes have right now, as to, uh, you know, their reopening process for phase one, um, you know, measuring in their churches as to how many people they can they can safely fit, uh, following all the social distancing norms, um, how they will sanitize between masses, uh, all, all of the things that are necessary to comply with, uh, not just not just the legal part of it, but all the social part of it as well. And based on all of that, um, it looks as though um, by uh, I'm going to say a week to ten days from now. Uh, we'll be able to start public masses again with all of the restrictions that we need to, but we'll be able to start public masses again. Um, so it's 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 starting to move in that direction. Um, you know, our our particular parish that I'm in, um, we'll, we'll be able to fit about a 100 people mm-hmm. maximum uh, under this phase because maintaining all the six foot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's good. Okay, that's that's, that, that's good. It gives us the opportunity to be able to to allow people back in our daily masses and all that type of thing. So we're we're getting very close. Getting oh, very that's close. good. That's good. So there's yeah. light at the end of the tunnel, as they say. Absolutely. And everything Absolutely. we're doing, you know, there might be adjustments to the liturgy, as mm-hmm. you say, or even the seating. Everything is done with the parishioners. We're doing it because we love our community and we want to. We have to care for each other. Um, and so everything we're doing is for their safety, and you know we can't we can't be too anxious to rush back into, 
the way it was, you know, we, we just have to, like you say, they, all the dioceses have these little phases and let's just mm-hmm. kind of, you just don't always jump in the deep end, you know, you got to put your toe in, then maybe your foot, then up to your knees. So we have to just mm-hmm. play it safely, but it's because we love our parish. And that's absolutely correct. And as long as we as long as we keep that in mind with everything we'll do, mm-hmm. then we'll able we'll be able to um, to satisfy all the needs of everyone and do it in a way that's safely. So it's exciting. It's it's it is exciting that we're starting to move forward. It is to yeah. get back to some some sort of sense of normalcy. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, Deacon Anthony Co. Thank you always uh, as always for being with us today and sharing your your very very wise and, and beautiful teachings. And uh, we pray that you and your family stay well. And we look forward to having you back here soon when things start to lighten up a little bit. Yes. I can't thank you enough. And thank you also very much for giving me my doctorate degree. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> yes, that. yes. Share that with your family and friends. That's right. <laughs> I'm giving them out like candy. That's <laughs> All right, Deacon. God bless you. Have a safe uh, weekend and a happy weekend. God, a happy Pentecost. God bless. Thank you all. Stay thank well. You. Thank you. All right, friends. You stay where you are. I'll be back in just a moment. One year after I graduated Catholic High School, I eloped to Las Vegas, Nevada, My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus, and that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I learned that the Catholic Church was started by Jesus Christ who gave the authority to Peter and it has continued in succession down to the present day. And that was the start of my journey home to the Catholic Church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. There you go. Thank you, you know, <laughs> I want Deacon Anthony to call and read me a bedtime story every night. His voice is so soothing. I loved that story. You know, it, I know that my, my heart rate went down. I was getting so relaxed. Deacon Anthony, you have a wonderful Maybe gift. Deacon Anthony can go to the colonoscopy clinics and just to talk, talk people and into sleep. So you, don't, you don't need that drug then. <laughs> I can't wait till he comes back in person, but that was great to have him on again. His words of wisdom, right, with such yeah. a pastoral caring sense you know well it's like you know remember when we were we were pre- preparing for childbirth i say we you are but i was there as a coach and all the all the the means and methods they use to take your mind off the pain oh, right right did it well you had the, we had to have the c-sections oh in no time you're screaming and yelling Get <laughs> out of here. bring me a shot bring me drugs <laughs> But then, I mean, I remember like there was music and there was focus and and uh, yeah, it helped. And of course, it's so long ago; it's it's hard to maybe remember. They, maybe maybe they're different now. They use different methods now. I mean, mm, we should ask Tori. Tori will our know. daughter-in-law. But remember, there was a class we went to. Yeah. And there was, you know. I think we used to get yelled at. We'd go to those classes. They'd like we'd cut up and well, crack we'd jokes. Be silly, you know. <laughs> they, they don't know how to take us. Yeah. <laughs> Even then. <laughs> People were having a hard time with well, us. Well, we never got kicked out, so we couldn't have been too bad. But no, we, I, I, I was music, thinking about the other day. We had yeah. come, you and I had gone out to eat before the class. And I think we had a couple of beers. <laughs> Not <laughs> and me. We, and we, oh, yes. And I was we, pregnant. I maybe, would not maybe, have been maybe we had one. Maybe I know. One. I would never have touched anything. No. no. I guess it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was. I guess it was just me. <laughs> 
Um, I do remember like the, the instructor telling us, or telling maybe telling me to pipe down, pipe down, <laughs> shut up. Uh, we thought you were being funny. Oh dear. But those me- those methods they used, the Lamaze, I guess is what it is. Yeah, that's what I couldn't Lamaze. even think of what it was Lamaze. called. But it is, you know, the shoulder rubs and soothing music and maybe lower the lighting and all that sort of stuff. But when I was born, probably when you were born too, it wasn't like that. They no. just Dad would drop mom off. Yeah. See you. <laughs> see they didn't even go in. You couldn't have anybody no, with you. No, they'd have to be in a waiting room. Mm-hmm. Which is the case now. Oh, yeah. Because they they don't probably can't even get into the hospital. No. Yeah. Right? So it's pray for Although I would moms. think, I would hope that they would let the husband go with the wife. Yeah, they don't. Even for birth? Right. Really? Right. That's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's pretty hard. You're you're in it alone. And that's not good. No. Well, hopefully it'll be because our, our baby's due in October. Not ours. Our baby. <laughs> I hope Tori's not listening. <laughs> well, I meant, you know, I meant. I would, our family baby. Uh, yes, our family baby. <laughs> yes. We need them to share those babies. Uh, but I hope that it, it's all calmed down by then so that they don't have to go through that. I know. Well, I feel like, you know, if this has a little resurgence in the fall, maybe we're all better equipped on how to handle it. They're not going to shut it down again and, yeah. and deny people to go into the, see their uh, loved one might be in a nursing home or in a facility or an adult living or the hospital. I'm hoping that now they have the ways and the means to work around it. There's something very <sighs> surreptitious about the whole thing as far as I'm concerned. Something yeah. sneaky in the background that I, I just, and I forgive me, and I always say follow the guidelines, but there's still something in the back of my mind that says yeah. there's a lot more to this story that we need to know. You have always been unsettled. Something didn't just says, sit doesn't sit quite right with right me. Right no, since doesn't day sit one right for with you. Me. There's no. something about it that just, and I think I, I you know, you, you trust, you believe, you trust the Lord, you, you, you know, and that's what I've been saying all along. But I did hear, and it's true, people like us, we're in the vulnerable age. Well, I am. I'm 65 mm-hmm. and older. It's those people who are most vulnerable who are least afraid. It's the, the young people who are most fearful of this thing. Right. And there's a lot of theory behind that, some of it being that they're the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S. They have right. no faith. They have nothing. This is it. This is their this is their existence. And beyond this existence, there's nothing. So I don't want to lose this, mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to people of faith who say, well, okay, if it's God's right. will and I have to go, I'm I know I'm on home. the way to a better place anyway. Right, so. right. But the people that have no faith and no belief, that when the— it could be scary. Yes. It was like Y2K. Remember that Y2K? They were hiding in mountainsides and caves and storing up Denny Moore hash and all the other stuff, water it's bottles. Basement and, full of spam. Yeah, because the sky <laughs> was going to fall when the, when the, when the turn of and the, the century came. the planes were going to fall. The planes, they're, they're all the, and you know, people were really afraid. And pe- people of faith were saying, why? I mean, you know, if it's God, if God, this is God's will. Nobody wants to die a physical death, but we know that that's just the transition to the eternal mm-hmm. life. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, that's what I was... I was thinking that yesterday as I was laying on the table waiting for my colonoscopy. I said, what if what if this medication they're going to inject me with, something out. goes wrong? Did you go to confession before the... Uh, no. I, didn't, I didn't go to formal confession, but I always mm. do my act of contrition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to just play in it case. Yeah. It reminds me of my friend Father Doherty. Remember Father Doherty? God rest his soul. He was a retired priest in our parish. And in the Second World War, he was a paratrooper. Yes. And he had a picture of himself in his room with a parachute on about to jump out of the plane. Yes. And I remember Father Weedman, our pastor, said, what would you say, Harry, when you, were, when you were jumping out? Geronimo? And Father Doherty said, heck no. I said, oh, my God, I am heartily sorry, sorry for, for having, having offended thee. <laughs> so on that note, 
we got to go. So enjoy your week. Uh, happy Pentecost, everybody. Birthday of the church. Celebrate. Yes. Be hopeful. It's supposed to be a beautiful day Sunday, so get out there and enjoy the beautiful weather. Fresh air. Breathe in the fresh air. Uh, Bruce will be here on Monday. It's okay. June 1st already, so he'll be here with his right. uh, Come to the Throne program. I'll be back on Tuesday. We'll be back next Friday. God Sounds willing. like a plan. God bless you. Happy Pentecost. Bye now.